0: I can feel myself rot. The pain of being dead.
1: You don't seem to have much, if any, reasoning power. Seventeen seconds. Reanimation at seventeen seconds. The eyes open.
0: Not dead? Are you mad? I saw her die. The doctor signed a certificate. I saw them bury her. Look at the face. It's vacant, with a hint of sadness. Drunk, lost a
1: bed. Infected with what?
0: Rage. In the midst of a pandemic, we took a break. For Halloween, we're back from the dead. Blood and Black Rum Podcast is... Real. guys, welcome back to the blood and black run podcast I'm Ryan from Colation.com and I'm joining my co-host Martin how's it going uh, it's pretty good um haven't heard from us in a while it's weird to do that uh intro haven't done it mm-hmm. in two months now three months something like that six what? months six months no it can't be six months no uh when did we, we we last did okay. one in March right for um so it's been six for months for leprechaun so yeah it's been six months wow
1: time flies how when time time flies. time
0: flies when you're on lockdown wow. I can't believe that it's been that long, but, um, we had planned to come back and then we just didn't, um, life is busy and pandemic is weird and what are you going to do? Like crappy across the board. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. And so we were trying to figure out ways of doing it where we weren't doing it in person or we weren't, um, you know, breaking any rules for the pandemic um, now that things have sort of subsided a little bit here in New York, we feel a little bit more comfortable doing the, the podcast now. And of course we can't do, we can't go through a Halloween season without having the show. We have to, we had, we just had to pony up, come back, do the show for Halloween. Cause as you know, we always do basically two months of straight Halloween episodes. Um, and we generally do a theme to those as well. So we've done anthalloween Halloween. Last year, where we did all anthology series, um, we have done all of the Halloween movies. Uh, I think our first year of Halloween, well, it was the second year, really, but we did all of the Saw films.
1: A lifetime ago, Whew. we'll have
0: to revisit those again and do do them all again. Still
1: waiting for Jigsaw. Oops. Yep.
0: And then, um, yeah, our wait, first, no, wait,
1: not Jigsaw. What the hell are they calling the?
0: They're calling the new one. Um, Puzzles? No. What are? They, what are they <laughs> calling? Uh, um, Spiral. Spiral. This is <clears throat> the new one, which makes you think like Uzumaka. That's what I was thinking. But yeah. yeah, they're calling that one Spiral. Uh, and then our first year when we were first starting out, and it was just like in the Halloween season, we did um
1: favorite. Yeah, our favorite movies films. for Halloween. So it was right around when, uh old West Craven. You know, passed yeah. away. Yeah, so. we
0: did a retrospective around that time, and then we did. All of our favorite movies for Halloween. Um, so all, all good episodes. All ones you should check back on as we've sort of progressed in our years as uh, podcasting. I think we're into our sixth year now. Because I think in August our anniversary was. And we were on year five. And I think we're into year six. We didn't really celebrate our anniversary like we normally did. But I think we're into year six of this this show. Still going. And we wanted to resurrect everything. By bringing it back for the Halloween season. Which is why we've titled the uh, series that we're doing for Halloween, Reanimated. And as you can see, we've co-opted most of the Reanimator stuff. Like in my image that I've used for our schedule. The opening theme to this uh, Halloween season series of podcasts. And Reanimated to us um, basically means zombies. We're gonna cover uh, seven zombie movies for for this Halloween season, and and, and it's a, all... cu- a couple that are kind of zombie like, but not not exactly no, zombie like. So you're lying.
1: We're doing every Resident Evil film. Strap <laughs> in for the
0: that was Paul, an idea. the Paul I
1: mean, a- the Paul Anderson we, classics. We we thought about doing that,
0: doing Resident Evil because it's timely. Um, as Netflix has announced that they're going to be doing a Resident Evil series. So we thought about it that, that it might be something to to look at, but we couldn't bring ourselves to subject ourselves to that for this Halloween season, especially when and we're coming back from a long <laughs> hiatus. Uh, do we really want to put ourselves better, through that? I
1: say, what better way to kill the podcast off? By That's us? right.
0: <laughs> Just bring back for the Resident Evils and then say, you know what? I think we're going to end this now. <laughs> right, we don't really feel like doing this anymore. Alright, so let's get into our, our first movie of the season for the Reanimated season zombie movie. Uh, Today we're talking about a classic film from 2004. (laughs) When you say classic film, you definitely think of 2004. Uh, We're talking about Land of the Dead. Yeah, you would think Land of the Dead, but uh, no, I don't consider Land of the Dead a classic in any sense.
1: Well, you're wrong. I
0: actually would like them to take it back. Wish it never happened. Uh, no, but we're close. You're on the right track. I
1: feel like if you watch Land of the Dead again, you'd feel differently because it's kind of like Day of the Dead.
0: Maybe most would,
1: people don't like it the first go around, but after like the sec third time, it's like a you know, damn great I, film.
0: I mean, maybe I would think that it was more fun. Maybe, maybe I would just have more fun with it. Uh, I don't know. Let's to, hop, Dennis to check it out again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, That's, Dennis Hopper. You know, the greatest villain ever in you, Speed. You know what a bomb that doesn't he, he, go off is? A he, cheap he watch. Cer- he
0: certainly can't match his character from Speed in, in Land of the Dead, but... Comes close. close. No, we're not talking about Land of the Dead. We're talking about the other zombie film from 2004. Shot of the Dead. <laughs> that one we're saving to, to last. No, not that one either. We're talking about the other zombie film from the <laughs> 2000s that was very... Uh, heavily marketed. Heavily, yeah, heavily marketed. Uh, somewhat controversial. Yeah, we're talking about Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. Good night, everyone. <laughs> that's right. We, that's all we need to talk about. That's all we need to say. Um, I remember a lot when this film came out, two thousand four. Let's see, prime. Uh, pri- yep, yeah, I was like fourteen years old, fifteen years old. Really pumped for a zombie film to go see in theaters. So I remember the whole marketing shebang. I remember... Uh, that they played the first, th- so this was. I'm this pretty was sure gorilla t-
1: marketing. I'm pretty sure too. When you say because um, you're gonna say they market on sci-fi, I'm pretty sure it was Spike. And it was during could the be. video the video game awards. Could be because remember, remember how like they made a big deal, like, Spike's teamed up with game trailers and they're gonna do the video game awards. I'm I, pretty sure that's around the same it, time they started doing it.
0: It could, it could have been. You know, I have I really don't remember which it was, but yes, there, there was this was guerrilla marketing at the time. There was no. You know, uh, we're going to release this on Facebook. You know, for they were going to release a trailer on Facebook. It wasn't anything like that. It They released the first, and I, th- I think it was like seven minutes, mm-hmm. wh- whatever the, the minutes is between the opening of the film and then the credit sequence. They released all of that on television as like a sneak peek teaser uh, for, for audiences to get them into the film and to get them amped. Which to is, which. Smart, it was a smart idea. It was a smart idea because fourteen year old me was like, "This looks awesome, boobies." Yeah, <laughs> it, I guess in in uh, that opening sequence there, I don't. It wasn't boobies. There was uh, veiled sex in the shower, and that to me it was just enough. on Spike or whatever channel it was on. I can't I, remember. I, like I said, I'm pretty sure it was Spike because at the time
1: Sci-Fi had nothing going yeah, for we're it. Like,
0: ooh, boy.
1: That looks nice. And, and I was saying, Spike too at the time, especially at that time, was marketing itself as the man, like you know, the man channel, mm-hmm. you know, from right, ma- right, yep, yep, you know. Only a few years later, it, you get mancers. Certainly could have been,
0: could have been uh, Spike. I don't, I don't remember, but I, I just remember that they they were very heavily marketing that first seven minutes of it being like nonstop action, very, uh, you know, the zombie zombie stuff was all in your face and very action packed and fast. Uh quick editing stuff like that that was the big draw for Dawn of the Dead remake
1: and this is too at right at the peak of Hollywood remaking every fucking horror film under the sun with Texas chainsaw massacre
0: yeah um and and what they did with this one was they wanted they definitely wanted when in their uh all of their advertising they wanted to show this is not your stereotypical zombie this is not. The Dawn of the Dead Zombie from the original film. 28
1: Days Later Zombies.
0: (laughs) Exactly. These are fast zombies. Uh, They run. They are basically Olympic marathon sprinters.
1: I would really like to see the history behind the production, behind this and Land. Because they were both made by Universal. They both came out at the same time. Like, what the fuck were they thinking? They got... It was. I mean, they even had very, the, some of the same ideas, like the whole, very you know, similar, you in, know, the in whole respect. Yeah, the whole armored, you know, vehicles at the end caravan. They're in both films. Like, like I asked you, like was that a what? mandate from Universal? Like, you guys got to put fucking trucks in there.
0: What was the what? What year was Land of the Dead? Oh four. Uh, was it oh four as well? Because yeah. that, no, it's oh five. Okay, so that makes sense. So it was almost <laughs> like they wanted. So I could see the the wheels turning with Universal execs. They were like, you know what, we got this Dawn of the Dead. It's not an official uh, Romero film, like,
1: but hey, but next-
0: you know what? He's got one in the works. He's got Land of the Dead in the works, and it's very you know, um, contemporary as well. So if we market these closely and they have the similar ideas, we can make it look like it's a franchise. And when Sean it's
1: not. must have came out in '05 then too, because I remember distinctly like at least two of them being are out at the same exact time, kind of being like, well, "Really, two zombie films out mm-hmm. at the same time?" I could have swore it was Dawn and Land. And I was kind of thinking like on Universal's part, that's just fucking stupid on their part. It was close. It was very close. But and even I mean, still, so a year apart, like, a year apart's pretty. You know, I mean,
0: I think they did it on purpose. They were they were seeing. You know, dollar signs of franchises, even though technically the two are not in the same universe together. I mean, they're they're out not supposed to be viewed together. I the, mean, now the funny they are. thing
1: is though, when Land comes out, that's twenty years from Land and Day. What kind of cachet at that point do you think Romero films had at that point? Yeah, it's a good
0: it's a good point. I don't know. Cause it's I, not like, because
1: after th- all the, these films come out, you have the zombie, like, kind of, you know, the new zombie, especially The Walking Dead coming out in a couple, you know, like, three years later, you know, they had, like, you know...
0: 2010, I think it
1: was. 2010, so, like, you know, it's around this time, like, you start to see a whole bunch of zombie shit in pop culture, like Dead Rising, the 20th Resident Evil game, <laughs> Left for Dead... I, you I know. think it's
0: interesting to see Dawn of the Dead as a remake of, of Romero's landmark film, and then see Romero come out with a very similar, stylistically, film in 2005. And you have to wonder, and I, I don't really know too much about the production on either Dawn of the Dead or Sean, uh, or, sorry, Dawn of the Dead or Land of the Dead, but I, I, I'm left wondering, you know, how much was Romero. Gleaning from the Zack Snyder film, although we know he didn't really like it that much, and also how much was on Universal saying, Please confine yourself to these, you know, specifications of what we want in this movie. Because I could see it both ways. I could see, I can,
1: well, I can also see too, his productions usually have a hard time, so it could, he could have been for all oh, we know, making that film at the same exact time, and like, you know.
0: Right, right, right. I mean, I just, it's just interesting, it is, as you view it now, and see how closely some of the ideas hew in both Dawn of the Dead and Land of the Dead, uh, they're just, in the way that they were released very, very closely, Is just interesting how they, they sort of made a, a couple of movies into a franchise themselves, without really a connection between them. Because, Technically, Land of the Dead is supposed to back off of Romero's other works. I don't know that you really see that that much. You know, there's not that
1: much. Connection. Well, there's a, there's always a loose string. Like yeah. day, like Dawn has nothing to do with Night. Day has nothing to do with any of them. So you know,
0: the only thing I can say is that I think part of it is just the time distance between the films. You know, you have mm. la- the, the 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 time period between. Day and Land is just so immense. Things change so much. And not only in, you know, culture, but in filmmaking as well. And so Romero's entire method of filmmaking is different than what he did back when he was making Dawn and and Day.
1: And you can tell, too, that um, the zombie, you know, pop culture thing took off because after Land... I mean, it took us 20 years from Day to Land, and it took us only... Like, seven years between land, survive you know, uh, diary, and, you know, survival. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Closer in time. You know, start frame. start pumping those out. But we're not here to talk
0: about Land of the Dead. We're here I to talk about... <laughs> we're here to talk about Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder film. And so, a lot of people are not fans of Zack Snyder. And, and I wouldn't say that I'm... I'm not a fan of Zack Snyder. I would say that I have not seen many Zack Snyder films that I actually enjoy. But I will say, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not a fan. I'm saying that I, you know,
1: there's a distinction. So you're thing. looking forward to the Justice League. Uh, I
0: would like to see it. I want to see it because I, people have made such a big deal about it that I want to see it now. That, that's see people
1: grasping. At how? That's people grasping like, oh, yeah, he, he
0: did it. I just want to see, you know, I want to see what, what, Comes to fruition from it. If it's better than Batman, if if it's better than the Batman, Batman. v Superman, oh, I think you're gonna talk and, about say, and V-Man. better than the Justice League that we got, then I will be happy because I've... the Justice League that we got was not that good,
1: and I... Batman v Superman was dreadful. See, but here's the thing, though, I find it hard to believe a, a director of which I do not like, Zack Snyder. I think he's a hack. You know, Michael Bay clone. But I mean uh, uh, and you do see that here but, in the movie. But a director of his clout, are you telling me that he, Hollywood, you know, repressed his vision? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Uh, you know. you're yeah. you're full of shit. But back to back to Dawn cuz we,
0: we <laughs> have tons of time to devote to Justice League when that comes out if we do it for the show. Oh, we're going to. Um <laughs> with Dawn, you know, you certainly th- this was earlier in in uh Zack Snyder's career. Um I don't know exactly what the first film that he released was as a director. Do you? Do you off have any the, idea?
1: Off the top of my head no. Um
0: I but I would say that this is an earlier film for him. Uh and it's one where you can see the Zack Snyder um
1: No, this is his first film. This
0: is his first, okay, right. So and you can see the idea of what Zack Snyder will become in this film. Um, as you said, the Michael Bayness of it really comes through, especially in those opening seven minutes. There's that one scene where uh, there's tanker. A, a, a helicopter shot of the, uh, Milwaukee. the main character, Anna,
1: driving through Milwaukee. Milwaukee. The suburbs of Milwaukee.
0: And there's just a tanker truck that comes careening out of nowhere. I do love it. into a gas I, you station. You know,
1: my, my the inner child in me still does love that. It's like, yeah. Like, I mean, it's It's, awesome. it's like it's, almost
0: like a, a a Nintendo video game of just seeing yeah. that top down view of her driving. Makes you think of the tanker in Resident Evil Two, the truck that driver. The yep, you know. truck driver. Yep. Um, it, it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. I
1: know. She's still like twenty feet but, from the explosion. Just.
0: Her and her Corolla, just that, trucking. that is pretty funny. Just her Trucking, trucking along, yeah. Uh, you know, no shockwave, be damned on that one. <laughs> she, she's but. got places to be, <laughs> and she's just going for it. Uh, yeah, that that is. I mean, it's it's a funny moment, but again, it is pretty cool. I
1: will admit, the, it, it's ridiculous, <sighs> but it's cool. I think the opening is the part that's the best part of this film. It and, has mean, energy, but but it is it, it is cliche to say, but it's literally the best seven minutes of the film, and it's literally all as the fucking Corolla goes down the hill and crashes into. It's all downhill from there. The only the only parts I do not like are the turn time because it's fucking ridiculous that it's like instantaneous as soon as they die. like, Ah, we now, mm. and I hate the fact that they're, they run.
0: They've got that running characters because just so, be, so off from what a zombie really because
1: is. if you're doing a, a romero remake that's not the part that you just like if you want to do like because they clearly hint in this film like it's like because romero's never said in his films what caused the zombie outbreak is it a virus is it the you know hell's filled up to the brims and now they're all you know being re? nobody knows it's left ambiguous. Here with the opening credits, they're literally with like the you know blood transfusion esque, like, you know, and blood cells moving around. And, and it's a virus. Right.
0: They, they they kind of get to that, especially with the turning. Um in and, and with Anna being yeah. a nurse and talking about yeah. well, it's the bite that does it. And then, yeah. uh, you know, the it's the the, the tra- transfer
1: y- yeah. of fluid. So that if that's the case, why is this a why is this Dawn of the Dead? Could couldn't, I? I now I know why. Money. And yeah, there's a lot of cachet with Dawn of the Dead for years and years. It's been heralded as Romero's best film and the best zombie film ever made. So now you got the cachet of it, making the money off. It, of
0: and that. not only that, but you, basically they—if they were going to do Dawn of the Dead, or I'm sorry, if they were going to do this movie, because what they really wanted was the mall. Yeah. Then they needed the Dawn of the Dead title because they basically you can see that the idea was we want to do it's zombies up. in a mall it's been it's done, been done. <laughs> so you know what we got to do we got to make this a remake of Dawn of the Dead and then and then we can you know, we can do that
1: and all the mo- yeah and then here ain't hey, we in the money yeah that's that's exactly what they're thinking and the interesting thing about
0: Dawn of the Dead in 2004 is that at that time, malls, still kind of on the way out. Not super, you know, they're, they're not like uh, as dead or dying as we have now. With Sears drying up like husks of corn.
1: <laughs> but, Sad, saddest thing of America. A so, uh, retailer that's been open for 120 years. And we're just, they gave us craftsmen. And we're like, fuck off. Yeah. But, you know,
0: in 2004, I would say that malls weren't hugely in demand. They were s- starting to see that progression of people not really shopping so much in malls anymore. Um, and so you really,
1: only went, I only really went to the mall as a kid for school shopping. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, time to school shopping, get your new clothes and shit. Yeah. There you go. So I would, mm. I mean, it's just interesting that
0: in 2004 they wanted to have a mall setting. Um, although, you know, I, that's why I think that they did this remake is that they wanted the mall setting. And so the way to get that is to have the remake. And then basically they threw out everything else about Dawn, Dawn of the Dead and they just set it in the mall. And that was pretty much the idea behind the
1: remake. It made it Resi 2. Yeah. And, and it's, can, it's a lot of it, like, has elements of the, you know, Leon and the uh, police preset. It actually elements. does. Yeah. I
0: mean, you have James Gunn writing, James Gunn of, you know, now, Guardians of the Galaxy, fame, and um working on uh, the new Marvel film, uh, or I'm sorry, new DC film, uh, the Su- the Suicide Squad film, um, and you know, this is an early film for him as well uh, f- for screenwriting credits. Um, I I mean, uh, you see some odes to Dawn of the Dead and some of uh, Romero's mm-hmm. other works, Night of the Living Dead. Um, so it almost seems like they tried to shoehorn that stuff in, especially the Tom Savini uh newscast segment and um
1: which in of, of itself is an homage to the you know the original film. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know. It almost
0: seems like they were just trying to shoehorn some of that stuff in. Which
1: at the time too, it's not like, you know, fan service especially in 04 is like a, that big of a thing, you know, like gotta please the fan, you know. I'm pretty sure when they made this film, they were probably like, well Damn what the people who liked the previous ones mm. kind of think.
0: Uh yeah, it's 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 a remake and name alone and in, in in that one plot element. And then really the rest of it kind of jumps off from there. It it, it doesn't really have much to do with it. It's not like it's paying a lot of fan service to uh the original film. Um the only thing that like you said, Jake Weber, pretty close to looking like Flyboy from the original um
1: yeah he looks spot on he he's you know he looks like the mid 2000 if it, they had you know mid 2000s version of him yeah, yeah he looks and, exactly yeah. like him
0: that is true it, he does look like that so but he's just missing so, the aviators so maybe the casting part of it was sort of and know, ving yeah ving
1: rames too is a lot like you know uh ken Forey. you know in stature it's size like a big giant hulking man yeah
0: and they even get ken Forey in here yeah. as well to do a little cameo as the uh Religious uh, preacher, preacher who's who's talking about damnation because of abortions and
1: yeah, same sex marriage, same, yeah. which is funny. That wasn't a thing in two thousand four. <laughs> we, we can do that now, but yeah,
0: I said that they missed vaccines. You know, if they were trying to be preaching.
1: that, li- the list he'd be going down now would be so long. It'd be like twenty minutes of him in, like you know, going down all the godless things, like you know, the pansexuals who have who don't know what they like and just going on and on and on, you know? Yeah. The, uh, be great. Be great. I know. Who would have thought 2004, like pinnacle years, like eh, shit can't get any worse. Who would have thought 20 years later? Almost. We're not doing so well. (laughs) It's interesting
0: to watch drawn of the dead in the midst of a pandemic because it does have a lot of ideas about viruses.
1: There. I don't even think they're try- – I think it's more supposed to be an allegory in the Bush, the, you know, first Bush term, but it's not like it's smart about it. Right, yeah. You know, it's terribly, like, you know, like, look, Iraq! That, yeah. You know, with, like, you know, when they it's, do, like, the cutaways on the credits in the beginning. Very on
0: the nose on everything that it's covering. Yeah. um, You know, it, and we've also often argued about this, too, about Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, <laughs> Romero, and whether Romero really meant it to be
1: a uh, critique of consumerism. Yeah, exactly, yeah, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> and, and and whether you know he was really thinking that at the time, or if that's something that critics later on have attributed to what he did, which is fine either way, because you know there's a lot of things that we do as critics. Um, where we attribute meaning to something after yeah. the fact, or or apply a uh, a certain level of um a philosophy to meaning.
1: I will say, uh, in rebut to that, I think he did. And I'll honestly, I do, I do think he did mean that because it'd be kind of hard to say three, out, you know, his first three films that he did with that, that, and other films that he did that have some kind of underlying meaning that's just there. I think it's just funny here to say that he didn't fucking, you know, mean it. Because, you know, it's clear with, like, Night of the Living Dead, there's an underlying, you know, especially, you know, with uh, Ben being, like, you know, one of the first, you know, African-American leads in a film. Mm-hmm. You know, the tone that's set in that. And I think it's the same thing with Dawn of the Dead, you know. Though I don't understand it, because to me, when I think of Malls set, I don't think the 70s, you know. I get ingrained in my head forever it be like an 80s and 90s, you know, type of mm-hmm. thing. But I understand and get it, but it's just funnier to think that, you know. So you're critiquing consumerism. Uh, I just, you know, the mall's pretty cool.
0: Mall was yeah. a cool setting. Yeah. See, that's the difference between the original Dawn, though, and this Dawn, is that I do think that maybe... They did it
1: for... They literally did it this, because... This time, it was the mall was cool. The mall is a cool setting to be in. Think of all the... And you know what's funny, too? They used all fake stores. If this they remade Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead today, it'd be Foot Locker. You'd it'd have be best by, all it'd, the advertising all, money uh, from that. What a missed opportunity Universal had there to have, like, you know, like I said, like, have them in the food court. Like, man, I'm real hungry. You know what really fills up my appetite? A nice thick cut of pie and a stromboli from Sabaros. And, like, you know, <laughs> an and have, like, have Jake winking and, like, him with a thumbs up at the camera, like, Sabaros. Because they do that with, the you know, Anna's fucking Corolla. They horn that in the way they, you know. Shoot the Corolla. Uh, yeah, car. they make sure to get that fucking badge and, you know, name in there every time she's steering around. Like, Corolla, the car to get away. <laughs> the car in a,
0: in a massive <laughs> uh, uh, crisis. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, let's, let's take a break real quick. We will cut away and we'll do uh, some beer talk, which, you know, obviously we normally do on the show. We're Can't gonna wait. Gonna make sure to. Get that in. We don't want to. We don't want to skip that on our first time deck. All right, let's do some beer talk. We haven't been back on here in a while, so we've got some stuff to talk about that we've had that's worth talking about. And then also we've got a a beer for the show today as well, so we wanted to do both. So I and, guess as uh,
1: we'll, uh, you said, it's been
0: six months, so uh, you know it's been a while. So I guess we'll start with the beer that we have today, which is um, obviously for the Halloween season. Tradition. That's tradition. We've been purchasing all of the new Oktoberfests that are out there. So we started with the Founders Oktoberfest, which is a 15-pack this year. Thank Uh, the Lord. I don't know if they've ever released it previously in cans like this. I don't think they have, because Um, it's
1: never been around here. Never seen it. Because we would get it, because we love Founders. Exactly. Never had a bad beer from them. So, um
0: thought i would get it you you got it i got it we both got it uh 15 pack very tasty um so most things if if you've ever had an actual authentic german oktoberfest you'll notice that german Oktoberfests tend to have more of a uh, light lagery taste
1: to them balance i would say balance yeah they don't have a they have they have malts but, but it's not a ton of malt. But it's not overpower. It's enough there to make you like, oh, it's maltier than a regular, like, yeah. you know, say, Kolsch. Yeah, exactly. While keeping, like, a Kolsch, like, slight hoppy, sweet, you know, taste to it. But yeah. it's also, you know, the maltiness too, to it, the roastiness to it, you know. Which I enjoy. Oh, yeah. I enjoy greatly. But it's not like if you were somebody who just had, you know, have Oktoberfest... And to then just have American ones, you'd be thrown for a loop. Mm. Because in America, we do things bigger, bolder,
0: crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, American Oktoberfest tend to be more malt.
0: They tend to have a lot of malt base to them. A um, little bit of hop, mostly malt. And I would say that this um, Oktoberfest from Founders... It's pretty balanced on the, on the and hops. It's not overwhelmingly uh, malty.
1: I will say it's very malty, though.
0: It is very malty. I would say it's not overwhelmingly malty. But um, it's definitely more malty than a normal, traditional German octoberfest would be. Um, we think of
1: that nice Hofbrau, okay? That's
0: right. With that said, I think it's really tasty. It's a very drinkable beer. Um... And I believe it's pretty low on the alcohol percentage. No, right? six. Yeah, six. Yeah, no, it's six. So it's it's not it's it's a more medium, I guess, than than low. What what I was was thinking. Um, so you can drink a lot of them, and it also helps for you to get drunk. <laughs> uh, at six percent, it's not like super heavy, but um, it's definitely you know it's going to get you there.
1: Best. I like it a lot. I, I think um, it's tasty. It's very malty. Um, definitely does have a little. You can definitely get a little bit of hop to it too. But it's also it's perfectly smooth. Very smooth. Yeah. Everything combines perfectly together, and as you drink, it's incredibly drinkable, incredibly easy, uh, crushable. You know, very crushable. I'm not very good at describing Oktoberfest. I
0: feel like I'm very bad at it. Um, they just have a quality that. Either like or don't like. I, I don't really. It's it's hard to describe exactly like what what goes into it because if you're thinking like oh it's got hops and malt, uh that's pretty much you know that's a lot of beers. <laughs> there's, there's a wide range of beers that can have that. It's hard to describe, but it is one of my
1: favorite beer styles. It's, it's like It's basically like the combination of like a perfect brown ale and a perfect lager, kind of like. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's a good good uh because it doesn't have the and I wouldn't say brown ales are are super heavy, but they do have a. They're heavier than, you know, a regular lager style. Um, so that's a good comparison. It, it, it's those two combined into one. Um, I think that that's apt to describe. Now, I did have a Thin Man Brewing at Oktoberfest as well. If you know Thin Man, um, they're a, I would say fairly local. Uh, they're not super close, but um, they're a fairly local New York brewery uh, that. One of their biggest beers is the Minky Boodle, which is a raspberry sour, which is pretty widely considered one of the best sours um, around here at least. Uh, So they make that, but they also made a uh, Oktoberfest this year, which I got in a four pack, and I thought it was really good as well. Um, I would say it's on the, I think it's a little less malty than the uh, Founders Oktoberfest. Um, Still really good. I think it's closer to a traditional German than the Founders' is.
1: Um, we also had that nice Hofbrau keg. The of Hofbrau o- keg was of awesome. O- of Oktoberfest. Yeah,
0: I would definitely do that again, especially if I was going to drink that keg relatively quickly. You, we, we tapped it one night and then you took it home and you
1: said that by the time that you tried it again... Like two days after, it, it lost it, a lot it of its... It already lost uh, its... Uh, like, it still was flavorful, but it was, it was flat. Mm, so you kind of got a... Yeah. I mean, for $30... Good deal for a little mini yeah, yeah, for
0: get like for a little 11, mini keg. Eleven beers or something like that. Yeah. Ten or eleven beers
1: out of it. For uh for a little mini keg, but you gotta and that's the problem with any mini keg, not just that, but any time you get yeah. one, you gotta as soon as you tap it, you gotta you know, so if you're doing like a party setting and you got people that you know Yeah, that'd be good. It's good for a party setting for
0: sure. You know, if you if you wanted to uh I mean you'd have to get a couple probably you know, it's not it's not going to be an, enough. Like a six, it's not a sixteenth keg or mm-hmm. anything like that. We're not talking like thirty beers here. But if you're if you got a small party setting, any or you have some people that like beer but not all, mm-hmm. then this keg would probably be perfect for that.
1: But it was really good. was really good. It, yeah. Is really
0: good. it is. yeah, I would definitely get that again, especially if I was having like a get like together, yeah. something like that.
1: And they have Hofbrau original kegs, which Hofbrau is in of itself is yeah. really good. Yep. so... Yeah, I
0: would definitely do that again. I, I was very impressed with how that keg turned out, uh, cause it is, you know, it, keg like it's not it's not like a um, improvised keg or anything like. It's basically a keg that you pull out
1: spout. I know it's not gotta tap it. I know it's not the only time I've ever had it, but I, it almost feels like when we had that was like the first time having Oktoberfest on mm-hmm. tap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not like around here you can go to a bar and have the Oktoberfest on tap.
0: Yeah, you'd have to go about an hour away to Albany to go to the, uh, like,
1: uh, Wolf's Beer Garden. Yeah. Or something like that to, to get Cause that. Because even when I've had Oktoberfest, you know, at, like, you know, World of Beer, I'm pretty sure they cracked open a bottle you know, poured it
0: in. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. Um, would do again. Um, what else have we had? The, so we had, uh, Beer Tree, which is a, uh, a New York beer as well, New York brewery, uh, who makes some pretty damn good IPAs. Um, they're based on like around
1: the Newburgh area. Yeah,
0: they're they're pretty widely known for for their IPAs, um, which you know a lot of new breweries are now. A lot of new breweries are making strictly IPAs and or experimental something. brews like that. Uh, but in this case, this beer tree that I had was a pineapple creamsicle double IPA. double IPA. Uh, which was just absolutely fantastic. Um, it has a nice creamsicle flavor to it. Very creamy. Uh, hop, the double IPA, uh, alcohol content to it is, is toned down, which uh, if you've had double IPAs before, you, you know, you might know that sometimes they can range to be the, a very alcoholic side. Um,
1: overly hoppy. Yeah. Where all you're getting is hops and alcohol. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say that, um, in comparison, for some of the other double IPAs I've had recently, like some Sloops Sloop Brewing companies, um, their double IPAs tend to have a little bit more bitterness to the back end of them. Uh, whereas this this uh, pineapple creamsicle had no bitterness whatsoever, just a very fruity, um, very citrusy flavor to it, and, and, and uh, a flavor that's not sort of hidden underneath the hop. It's it comes out where you you know, okay, I'm definitely drinking that. This is Orange. I'm tasting orange. I'm tasting pineapple. Uh, so very impressive from beer Tree. Uh Very impressive and also very expensive. Uh, for a four-pack, you're, like thi- you're looking at about
1: 20 bucks. Yep. Um, We also got to have the Genesee and Other Half collaboration, the Other Half Genesee Dream Ale. Yes. Which is their take on Genesee's famous pre Ale. That was a an impressive at, beer as well. Which, if you know from this podcast, we're pretty big Genesee fans here. Yeah, we've, we've pretty much had most of the Jennies that have come out
0: uh, around this area. Um, we, uh... Had, let's see. The only ones we've really missed are the ones that have been in the Rochester area. Just in the brew house. Yeah, that, they, yeah. like, obviously we're not going to travel two hours to get those, but... Try three. Yeah, it's quite a ways. <laughs> quite a hike. Um, but... Uh, We did, Yeah, so we did get the Dream Ale. The Dream Ale, I thought, was really good. Um, I would definitely get that again. Very difficult to find. Pretty pricey as well. But if I had the
1: opportunity, I would definitely get another uh, four pack. And I was able to acquire this because I have a friend at work who uh, is also a craft beer fan. Mm -hmm. And he's part of several different groups on Facebook and stuff where they trade beers and and enter raffles and stuff. And he was able to get... I told him, if you're able to get... You know, get a hold of the sub, let me know, and I'll pay for it. And sure enough, he was able to get a couple of cans, and I bought them, and it was well worth it. Cream Ales are something, I think, that are a greatly delightful thing that are totally under underrepresented in the craft beer market. Mm-hmm. Uh, for something, especially like, you know, that is an actual American style, one of the very few styles that exist that are uniquely American. The fact that, you know, Nobody really does them. is a shame, and because they're so they're light, they're hoppy, they're crisp, they're refreshing. You know, they're sweet. One you thing know, that uh, other half
0: did with with this dream they, meal is they toned up the hops on it. Uh, they definitely added some hop and uh, some some
1: uh, um, oat to it as well. Yep, heavy oat. Nice O D characteristic, yeah. which uh, we're on the lookout. Cause Genesee right now for the fall season, they released a dry hop cream ale, which hasn't made its way to this area yet, but it will, because they At are some point. they are distributing it all to New York, and because th- for the longest time the lemon strawberry cream ale has been a uh, seasonal that we can get around here, and that's being replaced by the dry hop, which I've had the dry hop mosaic cream ale. Before, when a couple of years back, which I think we did in the podcast, uh, they released their cream ale pack, which had yeah, the dry hop pack, on, the imperial cream ale, and the orange honey cream ale. Dry hop was very, you know, mosaic cream ale was very good. You know, it had all the cream ale characteristics and a nice piney taste to it. Very good. So, when we do get our hands on that, which I hope will be during this uh, this marathon that we're doing. I hope we get to review. Cause I, I I look forward to it. I, it'll probably be very good because Dynasty of late on uh, most of the stuff they do it's been very good. Tasty. I
0: think that's it. That all the all the beers that you wanted to uh, touch on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my um untap right now. There's not anything else really outstanding. Yeah. I think out. that, that,
0: that was pretty much all I could think of that I've had that was really, you know... Life-affirming. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> yeah bl- blowing me away. Um, but if we find any more, we'll certainly bring them up here and probably do them on subsequent episodes. Can we? All right, so uh, back to Dawn of the Dead. 2004. Let's, that's right. Let's let's center a little bit. Let's, let's bring come it back. Bring back. Come, come back to the to center. Uh, let's start out with uh, the plot of, of uh, Dawn of the Dead. So, as we said, Dawn of the Dead really, really wants to make use of the mall aspect of its uh, storyline from the, from the original film. And then it kind of takes off of that. So, one of the biggest things that it takes off of is that it, it excises all of those slow zombies from Romero's trilogy. And it works in Fast Zombies, akin to 28 Days Later, which is another movie that we're going to end up covering for this series. But in this case, these are Fast Zombies, uh, not inflicted with any sort of rage virus, but just zombies that tend to be fast. What do you think about the the, the nature of the Fast Zombies in Dawn of the Dead?
1: Hate it. Yeah.
0: You, you not a it.
1: fan. The zombies... uh for the most part, especially if you're doing a Romero film, it's not the zombies that are the threat. Mm-hmm. it's the group itself, yeah, and so that's pretty much lost here is again, especially when you have not only fast zombies but zombies that turn on a dime. There's no agonizing length period, depending on the wound, because the original doll of the dead takes place over like eight months, nine months, and they're locked up in that mall for. You have, you know, the, I forget his name, but the one guy that was Ken, uh, Ken Forey's, uh buddy on the Riot Squad, mm. who said, we got this man, got this by the ass. I got that clip right here. We you got know, this he way. got, a yeah, uh, bit, but it took like two months for him to die, mm-hmm. you know, because you have that, they have that whole scene of them just like fucking around the mall and that's like months on end because Francine in the movie is pregnant like three months pregnant at the beginning and by the end she's about to pop
0: not only that but you've got people who have gone from being laymen with with guns to sharpshooters. yeah
1: so, so you get to see like again they because for no one else besides flyboy knows how to pilot you know steven knows how to pilot the f- helicopter and during that time period, they train her so she could also, if you, you, anything ever you can happens. You actually see the, the progression, progression Yeah, yeah of, of, of that. Here, and, it's just, you know, and it's the same thing with the zombies. You get bit. Ah, oh, you're dead in an in instantaneous shit. "Wow, I'm a zombie. I, I
0: think that Dawn, this Dawn of the Dead remake really just increased the speed of everything.
1: It's not just like, oh, it's frenetic. It's hyperactive. It's right. ADD.
0: Yeah. I mean and, and in some ways that that is a good thing like the we talked about the the speed of the the opening sequence is sort of it's best moments because it is fast paced it is Chaotic. a uh, chaotic yep and that's what you want from the start
1: of an apocalyptic scenario I want think, it I think though 15 years later it just doesn't work as well it's been, it's dated now mm. the crappy like everything's burning cgi effects um like I said, the fact that everyone's turning instantaneously doesn't help. Um, I think, like, I like, the idea I like a lot. The idea of waking up to this hellscape and everything's unraveling. But it's going, like, it's going so fast, it's, it doesn't work. I think- like, the, the parts where you're following her slowly driving the Corolla around from behind... Those are the best parts of it for me, like the slow shots of her like slowly driving her car around, you know, navigating the suburb, and you're seeing the the destruction. Yeah, that's the best part. But you know, the fact that they had to kick it into fucking Kyle mode (laughs) is where you know, I especially, like I said, especially now, it's it hasn't aged well. Come, Mm. like what was then, like ooh, that's edgy. Is now like. That's corny as a, there's a lot of moments in this movie now where it's like, it's supposed to be taken as edgy. And now it's,
0: there's that one scene where we see, then this is in the beginning as well, where we see um her pulling up behind a bus that's been driven off the road. Uh, and then there's just a random naked woman yeah. on the road. And I'm not sure neither of us were sure. We watched the unrated version of this film. I'm not sure if that's in the original theatrical cut, but it's just a weird moment. It's like why is it, you know why is this lady naked on the side of the road? It doesn't make any sense to the realism of the moment. It just seems to be a naked woman for no reason other than to have a naked woman there. Um just things like that sort of stand out as, you know, you have to Awkward. question why why did they do it that way? Why, you know, what was the reason for that? Um I think that you mentioned the fast turning of the zombies, um, and I wonder what is more effective. As you as you mentioned in the original Dawn of the Dead, uh, it takes a while to turn. So it it takes.
1: It know, usually kind of depends on the severity. Like if it's like in right. like a lethal kill that they like, they get on the person, it's like a, not instantaneous, but it's a quicker you know go you know action that happens. Rather Whereas, than
0: eating away like yeah. uh, slowly at the at the person, and this film, uh, we definitely get a couple of scenarios where the turn happens, and so, um, you know, we see the initial turn with Lewis at the beginning of the film, uh, and or is it
1: Louise or Louise, who, yeah, and, you know, good, according to the subtitles, yeah,
0: we see that turn happen very quickly. You know, he's attacked, he's bitten on the jugular, and then. He basically turns right away. Um, then we have, when we get to the mall, there's another lady that they bring in from a truck that pulls up to the side of the mall. Uh, she's been bitten as well, but it seems like she's been suffering for quite a bit longer uh, You know, in the turning process. Uh, I wonder what is you know, more, um, I don't know, what, what generates more emotion? We see uh, there's one where um, we have one of the characters, who we don't really meet that much, uh, when it's, it's her father, right? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, the girl with the dog chips. Yeah. Uh, I know the dog's name more than I know that girl's name. I don't Nicole. Nicole. Okay, I
1: call her a poor man's willow. Okay. Yeah, that's she's it. the poor she, man's willow. Cause she's literally there to be like Allison right. Hannigan from, you know, Buffy.
0: Like her father is bitten as well. And so they tend, they take that moment and they make it a little bit longer where they have a, a tearful goodbye Uh, one of the guys, the security guards that they meet is like, oh, I think I can fuck her now. Because she's (laughs) having a a moment. (laughs) She's having an emotion. I know. So it's a very emotional moment for Zack Snyder.
1: Which is an awful, like, especially now, looking back, he's looking at the camera watching her after, you know, she says goodbye to her father. She runs off to a corner to cry. He's looking at the camera like,
0: yep. I think I can get laid. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, So it's a very, very touching moment, as you can tell. Touching moment <laughs> all around from it, but but in this case, it takes a little bit longer for her father to turn because they know that he's been bitten. They realize that he's not doing well, and at this point, they know that. Well, a he said they, they
1: said that they knew because he said he'd been bitten when he got yeah. brought in, and, and they, they had that's... him and the other guy who had, you know, uh, his ankle, his ankle was... twisted, or yeah, like and something they like weren't that. sure sure if he had been bitten or not because he, he said he just heard it, but you know, part. <clears throat> Excuse me, part of the Thrill of the Zombie film is, you know, most of our band of characters in a group are unreliable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they have every reason to They're lie. not, uh, not going to expose
0: yeah. themselves, uh, which, yeah. In this case, I think is an interesting moment for the film because it has that character who does – it is pronounced with, with what he has. He has a, a bite and the characters basically come to the conclusion okay he's got to go <laughs> you know they're they're not messing around uh especially um our character uh michael played by jake weber who's basically like yeah he's got a bite he's got to go you know that's it you know we're not going to mess around we're not going to let him just sit around somewhere and t- slowly turn and then get the one up on us when we not we don't realize that he's turned uh we're just going to take care of it right away and so I think that that in itself is is kind of a, a good moment. It 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 takes a step back from the frenetic pace of what most of Dawn of the Dead
1: does. But it also cuts away what especially night and dawn fraught over which was part of the driving points of the characters of them arguing with themselves and with their fellow party mates of like whether, you know, the internal drama, yeah, like, yeah, I can, like, yeah, if he's like, all right, if this guy's like, a bit, I want to shoot him, then it's like, well, it's your brother now. It's like, oh, I don't know if you can do, you know, like, yeah. they they squat, like, all of that's like squandered you're, you're away. Right.
0: The internal drama is sort of taken away here to the point where the zombies really are the main villain of this movie. There's no other, you know, it's not like man against man, um, where you have. People, you get that a little bit. You get that with the security guards initially, where there's that there's that man against man power struggle of like, well, why won't they let us into the mall? There's tons of room. Why are they bo guarding all of the mall spaces? But that kind of Wash goes, yeah, really it, really. it kind of goes aside in terms of the drama here. And most of the time, it's the zombies that really cause the all mayhem. of the, yeah, all of the issues. So. It's not really man against man here, which tends to be most of the dramatic moments of a zombie film is that it's not really like the, not, the zombies are really just the metaphor there for, you know, this is man's worst self. And then you have man versus man conflict where it's like, here's the, he, he, here's the real the crux zom- of the, the issue. The
1: zombies are the repercussion right. of, you know, yeah the party's actions, you yeah. know.
0: You really only get that a little bit here um, with Steve, who is played by Phil Dunphy himself, <laughs> uh, Ty Burrell, who has, you know, he went on to have a much different role than the one that he has in Dawn of the Dead.
1: Uh, Wait, I'll play not, my, uh, my sound even, clip. He's not even that big of a character. He's just there like, I got a boat. I've got. You know, he's introduced yeah, he's half, like, over halfway through the film. He's like, I'm a prick. I like to have sex. I got a boat. He's apparently ripped. He's like what? Like, you know, Milwaukee's like, I'm Milwaukee's like eight best beer brewer. I yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't, but,
0: you know, that is the, another character besides CJ, who is the, one of the partial dickhead. villains. Yeah. Dickheads of, of the film, um, where you get that drama of like man versus man. Uh, he's not really in it for the group. He's in it for himself. And there's the selfishness factor involved. Ah, uh, but even so, that doesn't really become a major moment. Not like, not like Land of the Dead does have that man versus man moment. Ah, uh, this one really has it, like just a little bit, and then it goes on to the bigger zombie threat rather than the man versus man. So, what do you think about that? Do you think that uh, zombie threats are more interesting for horror films? And it seems like that's what Zack Snyder thinks.
1: No, because it's just a big chase. Right. And that's where the whole, like, running zombies, which, look, 28 days later it works, and we'll get, we'll get to why when we review the film. But it works because it's the focus isn't on, you know, the zombies themselves. Mm-hmm. Romero films, you know, generally, and again, you have to compare them, whether it's right or wrong, because it's a remake. Reimagining, whatever the hell you want to call it. Romero films work because the zombies they're the strongest when they're grouped together and that grouping comes from after these characters have their moments where their weakness gets them. The zombies, again, like I said, the repercussion. So the fact that in this film it's just them constantly running away and then fighting off a horde of zombies that are dashing at them, it's not dramatic. It's just, like, the more annoying parts when you're playing a Resident Evil game. Mm. That's how, you know, it feels to me.
0: It, yeah, it, it almost There's, feels like, like, even to them, zombies are just more annoying. They're they're a nuisance that yeah. needs to be overcome.
1: Um, and I would say that... Because none in, of the characters, except Michael, played by Jake Weber, really grow. And I wouldn't even say he grows because... He's uh the whole out uh, the whole fucking group the, the level had won the entire time yeah he's the one that's already constantly got the plans. you know like you know thinking one step ahead where everyone else is just an archetype and they don't grow from their archetype Ving Rams does not grow as a character Anna played by C- uh Sarah Polly Sarah Polly does not grow really as a character mm-hmm. none of them have any like character growth except Jake Weber. But even that growth, it's like minuscule because his character already is the level-headed
0: one. That's really a good point that they don't – you know, you're looking for character growth and there really isn't any in here. Especially when they're in such um, compounding circumstances of, you know, it's probably best for for me to change in order to succeed here. And you don't see any of that. Like, like Ty Burrell's character, Steve, he doesn't change at all even at the end of the film. He's, He's still a selfish. Still the selfish prick who gets himself killed because of that.
1: But at the same, oh, I lied. CJ grows too because of his. Yeah, yeah that's true. But he does this, that redemption arc. At the same time, like I said, compared to the originals, all the dead. This happens over like it seems like a year. This takes place over it's like four fucking days. It's really hard to tell how much time it's, passes. It's only day. It's only days. Yeah, because right. uh, you know like Andy. The gun shop guy, who's probably the best character in the movie, by the way. <laughs> he has um, no lines. He just has. Uh, he has like two lines, you know, yeah. but he's the guy that uh, owns the gun store that's across from the mall, who's been. And they befriend him by, you know, showing signs. And you know, it takes place only after a couple of days because after like what seems like day four, he's holding a sign up to Ving Rhames, like, I'm hungry. Like, because I. Obviously. I run out of food. He can't, you know, he doesn't have any food. Yeah. And that's where they got the whole idea to send chips down. It
0: is interesting
1: to, but like the whole, you know, time lapse is just—it's a missed opportunity. I
0: yeah, I mean, I think part of the issue here is that the the characters come up with this really harebrained scheme, stupid one. That's, that's like if you if you really think closely about it, it doesn't make any sense. They wanna—they don't want to die in the mall. So they want to leave the mall, and and it's actually fleshed out in in good detail by Steve, who sa- says, "Let me get this straight. This is w- this is the plan that you guys have that you want to do. You want to leave the mall." I that feel we like, have.
1: by the way, I feel like this is the talk that the producers and studio have with Zack Snyder as he's pitching this idea, like or so, James Gunn. I don't know. Yeah, you know, this is this, this, this is the idea, like what we're gonna do for the film. Like, continue. Yeah, this is your idea.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, he's, there's their idea is to leave the mall where they have all of their supplies, so they've they've got plenty of, of food and water for right now for the amount of people that they have, and they keep continuing losing more people, so even better for them. Um, they want to leave the mall. They want to.
1: It's more secure.
0: Yeah, exactly. They want to make sh- uh, these bus shuttles into like uh, plows, big, big big human zombie plows that will plow through the group. So that they can drive to the marina, which marina, we don't know. Uh, you know, we're Sa- in Milwaukee, so Sa- it's hard, Sa- hard to say <laughs> which, which marina they could mean. But basically, Steve's marina, wherever his, his boat is parked, uh, they want to drive there and then get on the boat and then drive out to some island. Mystery island. Who knows what island? No one knows. Like, why, why, First of all, why would you leave the mall, which has all of your supplies? You can't possibly carry all of those supplies. But then again, if you're going to this island, who's expecting that there's any supplies on that island? I mean, what are you expecting to have for food? You're gonna
1: quickly run out of food. The four squirrels that you're on yeah, it. Yeah, you're gonna
0: hunt them down. You're gonna have some coconuts and on lake. You know, on the lake, uh, uh, on an island on the lake. I don't know. But the idea, the the harebrained scheme is really dumb. And you know, even the characters bring up the fact that it's Stupid. a dumb. Idea, but it's the best and, they got. Yeah, that, they do it anyway.
1: Like it makes Vin Graham's plan of like I'm going to go to Fort Pastor, which is this place is a local military base. To, it's rounding up all the survivors of I'm going to go to Fort Pastor because my brother's going to be there. Mm. Which, by the way, why is his brother going to be there? Is he a soldier? Is he stationed at that base? Why would his brother be there? Mm. Don't know. No, it's not important to expound upon. Just. He believes he's got to get there.
0: Yeah, I th- I think that the the whole ending plot that there's like a better place to be, which is out on an island somewhere, is really stupid and it it brings the film down. I get that they probably in the scheme of things they were like, "Well, we need an ending and it can't just be in the mall." It, so they they wanted something else, but the idea that going out to an island would be any better than staying in a mall that has all of your supplies is just really dumb. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so I think that's a, that's a big sticking point for this film as to why that's that's not a good idea. But, um, you know, I get it from a perspective of making a movie and you got to further the plot along. Um, it's still stupid. It's, still stupid. It, it's just a really dumb idea. Um I wish that they had gone somewhere else with it. And even stuck in the mall and, or or gone with something like, you know, they they try to rescue and, you know, somebody somebody came back with the the helicopter mm-hmm. crew. Somebody came back just like in the original Dawn. They were trying to get out, rescued. Um this is one movie where Zack Snyder's darkness, you know, that that dark scenario of um there's always darkness and I I I want to end on a downbeat note. That it, it sort of fails here. Not because it's not okay to end on a downbeat note. I love downbeat movies. I love movies where the ending is not a good ending, um, which is the case here. But the fact that the way that we get there is dumb and doesn't really have a realistic uh, element to it.
1: No, it's meandering.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, for us to go, what is it, like almost an hour and 50 minutes? For us to take that long for our main characters to make such a dumb decision is just not worth it in the long run because you you're watched you've watched them for an hour and fifty minutes make okay decisions and now all of a sudden they make a really stupid one you you feel like you've wasted
1: all of your time watching I think these they characters. just did it just to build up to them credits right that's it, that's it, I think that's all they they had an idea like who it be cool. They're on a boat, and like Blair Witch Project style, they had like fucking film, and it's just constant cutting in and out of them trying to get to this goddamn island. Right, right. Which the, the video camera, and then when they get to the island, the zombies attack and they all die, which is dumb. What island is this? Yeah. Why would there that be that many fucking zombies on it?
0: You know, uh, I thought they it, were gonna go full like cannibal film. You and know, have them be like
1: like. Native, <laughs> yeah, like you know, well, where like, are we? Where did we go? Yeah, to? like the Caribbean you know, or something. Yeah, like, it's just like so s- fucking stupid. Like you know, yeah, it... like I would, I would appreciate it more if they got to the island to find out. Like we got now what? Like them getting there, looking around. Like there's nothing. I here. mean, you can kind and of then being see like it now when... what?
0: You can ca- kind of see it in those. Uh, flashes where like they show they run out of water and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that, that was a stupid idea, right? Well, they're
1: <laughs> on a freshwater lake. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's too. no, don't <laughs> say that. Yeah, I, don't, I know, fresh. I know. Whatever lake that they're probably on, in the Midwest, you know, I, whether it's Huron or Michigan, it's probably polluted up the ass. But and you could easily, it's a freshwater lake. You could still, you know, yeah. you take that jug and fill it up. Yeah,
0: the, the whole idea is really dumb, and it doesn't make much sense. The only thing that really has it going for it is that they wanted that chaos of having to drive through uh you know basically a city full of of zombies zombies. and then having to have that shootout at the end uh you know where there's some action i will say that dawn of the dead while i don't like the fast-paced zombies um the running zombies i think that it does have a lot of energy to it and that energy guides those action sequences, which can make up for some of the slower paced elements of the drama because the drama is very um, two dimensional. Uh,
1: well, it's not, again, because there's not really like a likable character of the bunch. Yeah. Honestly, out of our whole crew of characters, who's your favorite? Um,
0: I would probably say Michael is my favorite. I really, you know, obviously, it's he's, either, he's, the only, he's he's it's really e- the only favorite. It's
1: either him or Andy. Yeah, and Andy, like you said, Andy's we just check in with every now and then. Like the
0: other thing, though, is that more and more as I watch and and, and being part of a pandemic, I feel more like Steve, the asshole. Like, <sighs> you know, why are you going after Nicole? She's basically dead at this point. <laughs> why why did she run after her dog it was this dumb idea dog is fine the zombies clearly don't care about the dog i feel more like steve in this scenario
1: no that's true because it is stupid like like chips.
0: because steve is constantly saying that's a dumb idea that's yeah. a dumb idea and they do it anyway and so he finds himself in these dumb harebrained schemes and he's like well i gotta protect myself <laughs> These people had stupid ideas.
1: Like having a fucking chainsaw on their van, exactly. you know. like
0: having a chainsaw on your rig
1: when you're <laughs> oh, motoring. Oh, yeah, it's going to be so cool. You can sit there and chop up their legs and shit. Like, oh, yeah. you hit, motoring through yeah, tight city. You hit one speed bump and like, ah! Since, just, you
0: know what? Since they had <laughs> master welders in their crew, <laughs> why didn't they just weld the chainsaw directly to the side <laughs> so that that wouldn't happen? Because apparently they're all... You know, fucking very well versed in in shop. <laughs>
1: That's, it's true, but I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, i The action is f- frenetic and one of the best parts because it's fast pace. Yeah, but it's lazy action. It's just them um, standing, shotgun blast. That is true. Standing, too. yeah. Slow mo, watching the shells jet from the, the shotgun, hitting the yeah. floor, and then shooting. So yeah, it's fast paced, but at the same time, it's all the same. The it whole is. fucking film yeah. is the, it's same, the same idea, every, same every thing time. over and over, and it's yeah. lazy. And like again, I, like, I gotta say that
0: I really hate watching the zombies run because it it doesn't look like zombies. It looks like extras just sprinting that that every time i see it it just looks like because what are some these, gra- these, a lot of these zombies they they intentionally made to not look like so dead like they made mm. them look a little bit fresher
1: because they're just
0: right it's not like the zombies of night where they're coming out of the grave <laughs> and they've been dead for a while these zombies are pretty fresh but at the same time it basically just looks like a guy sprinting like pissed off in a protest yeah or like Zombies that a rave. Wouldn't it be, with would it be all, great crowd.
1: with them like watching seeing like one zombie in the background, like just fucking heaving like as he's in dead... One of the
0: zombies is not that not that uh, <laughs> Yeah, fit yeah,
1: just you yeah. know I mean it's two thousand four. America still is I mean it's fat then, but still not that fat. You know, just watching one of them <laughs> sprinting, just like heavy breathing and all. It's like, oh god. But but what oh, I
0: geez. what I got out of that is that, you know, just with the sprinting zombies, it just – it doesn't look like zombies. It does – it I don't have a problem so much with with fast zombies as that the sprinting kind just – and I shouldn't say this because people are going to be like, well, zombies aren't real. The realism of zombies – but but to me the realism of zombie sprinting is is lost because just thinking about rigor mortis yes, and gangrene, then, uh, all of and, the yeah. the issues of
1: decay you're not going to have. I would love that though. Watch one try to run and then just like it kind know. of run out of their yeah. legs and Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Just like fall yeah. <laughs> just fall down like ah. I mean oh, I, yeah, I, I like the
0: aggressiveness. <laughs> I think the aggressiveness is cool. I just think that the the, the, the both the, the the ideas that they had were to keep the zombies fr- looking fresher, where they didn't have much decay, and then also have them sprint, was kind of
1: losing the zombie element of the, mm. of the film. And like I said, they aped a lot from Resident Evil. You had like the mm-hmm. one fucking crawling on pipes, and the, when they were going down to fix the generator, like, like you know, getting the drop, right, right. you know, like on am like, I'm going to get you dropped by, like, you know, being spider zombie. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Um, What did you think about um, the effects that we had on here? Because, really, we watched the unrated director's cut. Um, The effects are certainly bloodier than what we get from the original Dawn in in certain ways. Mediocre? Mm -hmm. It's like a
1: hybrid of uh, real and CGI. It just doesn't do anything for
0: me. I do wish that they spent more time on the actual zombie... Makeup effects. effects. Um, I think that the gore is is pretty good, and they obviously know how to make their audience squeamish. Uh, there's that one scene with the pregnant lady who is giving birth to a zombie baby, and obviously that is sort of
1: uh, practical.
0: Yeah that that is that's one that's interesting because it's not really done um, to to the extent that they've done it in this film. Uh, but the interesting element is that. Dawn of the Dead loves to cut away from the final, like... Uh, Kill. Yeah, the, the capping point of the 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 bullet hitting home. Uh, so they do that in the baby sequence. Obviously, you can't show someone shooting a baby in the head. Um, they do that in another sequence where a man is turning into a zombie, mm-hmm. and they have to Blow. cap him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And uh, they don't show that. Um, it's so again, that's another point where they're reusing
1: tactics. Um, it's that. also a film with that first seven minutes that feels like not only is it the best seven minutes, that's where they blew all their fucking budget on, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because of all the
0: explosions and the... Because
1: that's where they're showing most most of the stuff that gets shown with, like, bites and the blood and the gore. is all in that first seven minutes. After that, it's just...
0: I'll be honest. 14-year-old me thought this movie was pretty pretty damn sweet. You know, it was it was a violent action packed uh lots of explosions. When you then see it again later on trying to take it for its face value and you know, you obviously more experienced seen more violent films prior to it. Um I would say that it's really just becomes a mediocre film um which doesn't really capture the best elements of a zombie movie, Um which most of the time is the human drama aspect of it. Um, we breeze through people turning. Um, we don't really have that man versus man element of conflict. And ultimately, um it really gets nowhere. As you said, no character really changes. And so the end of the film ends on a downbeat note, but we've gone from you know, bad to worse based on poor decisions that the characters have
1: made. Well, Cause again, at the same time, you don't have any investment in the characters themselves. So it's like, I don't fucking care.
0: Yeah. I honestly so think that they
1: they added too many
0: characters to this movie uh with the survivors because you know, it would be fine if we only had the initial survivors, but then we get a truckload of other survivors that bring in, like we have Sherry Moon zombie stand in, <laughs> um, who is basically there for TNA. And, uh, you know, she we, we don't know anything about this lady, I, even at the end of the film. Uh, what what happens to her?
1: And what a missed opportunity! She, well, she, she
0: just gets chainsawed. Yeah. That's it. That's, what, it's, uh,
1: it's a missed opportunity, too. Because, like I said, I think Andy's like one of the best characters in the movie, and we don't get any dialogue from him until he's about to die over the walkie. It would have been so much better if they had him on the fucking rig at the end mm-hmm. than him just being like, Oh, yeah, I went to. They brought brought chips over to bring me food, and I couldn't close the one little dog door in time. The zombies—that's like such a waste. Yeah, you know, that's a waste.
0: Yeah, there's just really, yeah. If you've got no character growth, um, you're almost left wondering, like, well, why did I watch this movie? You know, what what was there for me to take from this? Um. And I would say that that's probably one of Dawn of the Dead's biggest missteps is that it doesn't really have much to take from it. Um, you know, you could draw the obvious conclusions. You know, people make bad decisions. Selfishness of the person leads to the downfall mm-hmm. of the group. Um, but at the end of the day, like, what are you left with in terms of the actual meaning behind... What this film. Is trying to portray. When you have the original Dawn of the Dead. You obviously know what that is. Um, You get those conflicts. And in this film. There's so many characters. And trying to depict the conflict. Of all of them. Leads to really not getting anywhere. With any of them. So I think that that's really. The main issue. Um, While you have a cool. Cool idea you have you know the mall setting really nice you have a lot of a lot of violence a lot of you know zombie brains blown up and things like that um and you have a lot of frenetic action you don't have a lot of story to take from all of that for an hour and 50 minute film
1: no what did you think of the film's uh Satire or critique, shall we call it? Um, I mean,
0: critique of of what are you talking about? Like critique of uh previous zombie films? Of no, I I would say in general, I would say more.
1: I would say more the Bush years. Yeah, I mean, well, at least at least the first four because that they lean heavily into that with the especially with the opening credits and stuff with the you know police riot actions and you know the, yeah i mean i think it's
0: both on the nose where the they media. wanted they wanted it in there they wanted the, the some sort of critique in there but at, at the same time they yes. didn't want to focus on it in a way that would incorporate or pull in zombies in that respect uh which is extremely different from land of the dead which actually does that in it throughout it's plotting like the, in dawn of the dead we get that really quick snippet and then it's it's from it's toothless. Well, kinda, like, well, throw it
1: out. well it's, I think it's there for like, look, we're trying to do, like, say something. But at the, at the end of the day, there's it's toothless. There's no idea. Yeah. There, like, especially now, 16 years after the fact, and everyone now finally being on board saying, you know what? Iraq, not a great idea. C- Could have been a good opportunity, especially in the run up to the 04 election, especially if you're one of the few voices at the time critiquing the iraq war if you were to say something actually has to, something to go with it because the whole zombie metaphor and f- everyone f- following into iraq that's a perfect metaphor you could have done and you know kind of squandered that one away but i don't think zack snyder and james gunn and co had a enough intellectual capacity to think of that time but but it's it's vaguely there something that could have been a more interesting idea if they kind of expa- expanded upon you know the human element, but they didn't
0: yeah this is certainly not James Gunn's best work as a script you can see that he had some elements that he would then reuse in in his later scripts, but it's certainly not to the to the best of what he can provide um in this film you can see that the initial layer of conflict or drama is set but he's not really sure where to go with it and a, a lot of the dialogue is pretty rough shitty
1: yeah it's um
0: you know there's that one, there's that one sequence uh on the roof where um they're arguing about um what is it uh anna is is uh, arguing with um ty burrow's character steve about whether she would uh shoot him in the head if you know he became a zombie and it's just all really on the nose and it's just you know there's no there's no veil of the the dialogue there's nothing no second layer to it it's all just all really on the nose
1: very direct
0: yeah and and that's pretty much how most of dawn of the dead plays out um know it's very direct it doesn't really have a subtext to it um everything that they want you to to know and see is right there for you to to take out of it and um i think that's what's <clears throat> missing from it it's just not there's no subtext to it that you can latch on to and and bring home um which is interesting because i feel like the dawn of the dead remake is pretty fairly received um i mean obviously there's some people that don't don't like it but i think that of Zack snyder's film offerings it's one of the ones that is more uh well respected from him um at least from the non-snyder fans you know you've always got those snyder people who are like you know whatever he does is gold uh but in this case i do think that you know, most people do find Dawn of the Dead to be a fairly enjoyable film, and I will say it's enjoyable. It's it's not bad to watch. It's not terrible. But I I think it it could be better. I think they could do a Dawn film better.
1: Uh, I think it'd be better if they just didn't use the title. Right? Tried to <clears throat>
0: Go away from that. Yeah, carve
1: bit. carve their own you know, niche. You know, it's you could have done a movie, you know, zombie movie in the mall and it didn't have to be Dawn. Yeah. It could have been named something else. People would recognize, oh, it's an homage to Dawn. Mm. You know. hmm Right. Yeah. Just uh
0: kind of you know, you can use that mall aspect, but
1: Because as soon as you're, you know, remaking it, then you're instantly going to be compared. Mm-hmm. Whether rightly or wrongly, doesn't matter. You're going to be compared, hmm And this film does no favors. Do you think that the film would be better if it just used slow zombies? No. No. I There's – even if there was slow zombies, I like I said, the action itself, while frenetic, it's all shot for shot the same shit. The characters, even though there's good actors in this film, I think Jake Webber does a very good job as Michael. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Kelly does a great job as CJ. Yeah, yeah, I would say. I, you know, Ving Rames, pretty decent. I mean, know. he's as
0: being he's Ving, being Ving, Ving Rhames. Yeah, you know, you know, pretty
1: decent. Sarah Polly, I think the first cup, first half of the film where she's actually got to have a character, <laughs> she's you know Unless she kind of drops off. at yeah, that do, point. Yeah, you know, she does a good job because the film is trying to like for ha- the second half of the film trying to juggle. Well, who's our protagonist? Is it Jake Weber? Or is it Sarah Mm Polly? Who knows? Um,
0: I do think that probably Michael Kelly would be my pick for the best character, person, actor in this
1: film. Yeah. I think, like you said, I think they do good jobs. And that's in spite of the fact, outside of Michael Kelly, who gets him and Jake, you know, Jake Weber, will get the most development out of their characters within the story that's written as it is. I think they do a good job as a cast, I just don't think they're given shit to work with mm-hmm. to make it, you know, more impactful. Because that's kind of also, too, one of the great things about Romero, Romero films. He never has big names and gets the most mileage out of the, the actors that he hires. Yeah. You know, to develop the characters that he's created. Mm-hmm. You he gets a shit ton of mileage out of every you know character from in night, dawn, and day, yeah, yeah is there anything that we
0: we didn't get to that we didn't talk about yet? Disturbed That's true. We didn't talk about down with the sickness. oh wow. It's great. We get not only fucking, do we get the actual disturbed song in, in during the credit sequence
1: which you're
0: forced to sit through the Pat
1: Boon-esque. if you want to, to see
0: the whole Yeah, to see the whole credit sequence with the all of the zombie flashes. You're forced to sit through it. Uh but you also get a nice jazz
1: Pat Boon
0: you know, you know, lounge rendition of uh Down with the Sickness set to a montage of people kind
1: of and that's also, Living like... Living their life in the mall. Also, a very, like, poor excuse of, like, trying to show, like, look at the, con- the consumerism of, you got Steve fucking a woman and playing golf on the roof and, you know. Just got, had, had to get our... American hedonism. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: it's... Yeah, I don't... Uh, it's bad.
1: It's like, you know, again, it's like, kind of like, look what we're
0: doing. But then it's like... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that montage is meant to be, like, These people are kind of living their life the best that they can in the mall while they're stuck with this, you know, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Bonnaroo-level zombie crowd outside. (laughs) Which always makes me laugh, too, because the zombies are, like, jumping up and down and screaming and things like that. It's, like, like, so so stupid. (laughs) I just – I don't agree with the whole, you know – the sound, how they made the zombies out to be in yeah. this film,
1: and the soundtrack's all over the place. Like, it, like yeah, it really does like do a like classical, like kind of goblin esque, like you know, synthy moments. And at this, then you get fucking, we're gonna open up the film with Johnny Cash, man comes around because, yeah, you know, it's uh, he has the little bit at the end about like uh, the Bible verse of you know, the it's almost, death rides a horse.
0: It's almost like. Zack Snyder was trying to find levity uh, in some of the musical choices.
1: But it's not. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Well, you can kind of blame this film for all the other shit that comes out today now. Like, when every time you see, like, a new DC film, like, or, you know, a Marvel film. I can't remember what it fu- was. Maybe it was uh, Endgame or Infinity War, where, like, you know, out of nowhere, it like, to, like, go into, like see Thor or something. They had, like, the King Supersonic rop- rocket ship. And it's like, I dig that because I'm a Kinks fan. I know that song. It's not we like... I haven't even been Justice League. But then it's like, who the fuck else knows that? Nobody. Kids mm. going to see that. It's like, what the fuck is this shit? Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
0: this definitely has a, you know, it has the soundtracks um, and then it has the moody synth ambient score and it was almost like Zack Snyder was trying to find levity with the soundtrack, and then you know, obviously, because the film is overall fairly dark,
1: and Well, listen, you're not finding film. any levity because the best levity was in the gonk. Yeah. <laughs> After the ending of Dawn of the Dead, just
0: Yeah, I think yeah. that uh, you know, this is another one of those Zack Snyder movies where he goes for the downbeat ending, and uh, uh, I mean, I love Downbeat Endings, don't get me wrong. In this case, it just seems um, pointless. And so, yeah, I don't mind the levity in the, the music score. Um, I do think that it suffers from the 2000-isms. Yeah. You know, I can just see some people going to see Dawn of the Dead in theaters. That Disturbed song comes on at the and uh, end credits. It, and they, were, they were fucking pumped. They were big fans of Ghost Ship with Blood. They hair. were, they were one the the people that started uh, applauding at the end of the film, you know, which is pretty much frowned upon now in most contemporary uh, society. It's like applauding after the pilot successfully lands your plane. That's his job. If he didn't. No one would be applauding. <laughs> so, yeah. But I can, I can definitely see that. <laughs> in 2004, the sturb song comes on. There's applause from the crowd. A uh, couple no, people in uh, just, uh, Hot Topic just, parachute just, pants. Just,
1: uh, another happy landing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, God. I think we did we did we get to everything? Did we talk about everything? Ugh. I'm trying to think here now.
1: I think that's as good as we're probably gonna get. Did I?
0: I talked about you know Phil Dumpy right? Had yeah. Sex? Yeah. I just want to. <laughs> I just. I just like. I just like playing that sound clip.
1: It's great. Um. Other than yeah, I think I. Think Do you was, think this movie inspired Dead Rising? Because Dead Rising came out like a yeah, two, like a year or two after this.
0: Do I think this specific film inspired Dead Rising? No. But I think that it probably did draw some inspiration from the frenetic pace of this film. Um, Because, as you mentioned, and and Resident Evil came well before this, but video games tend to have a more frenetic pace for zombies than, than the films. And that's partly because of the user input yeah um but also yes i i mean i think that in part yeah it could have been inspired
1: um i well i i say that because i feel like if dawn the remake didn't come out i don't think capcom's probably making dead rising Hmm.
0: yeah it could be you know it could be a lot of things it could be dawn of the dead just kind of revitalized some of the zombie formula um
1: it's, it quite the dry spell yep
0: yeah, you know it's it's hard to say you know and then you know maybe dead rising was drawing from other inspirations and we kind of just see that as see dawn of the dead because they're closely related to each other in timeline and we see that as an inspiration as well it's hard to say i don't know i don't know could be either Um alright, so I guess if we've talked about everything for Dawn of the Dead that we think we we need to talk about, we gotta give it a score. Gotta give it a score. So on a scale of uh zero to ten armored bus shuttles (laughs) what would
1: you give Dawn of the Dead the remake? I'll give it a five and a half. Um it's the definition of a mediocre film. It's probably Zack Snyder's best film, which I know isn't saying much, but um, I think it does, ha- it does have some good ideas. I think, like I said, I think the first seven minutes of the film a kind of is a good be idea, because um, that setup is kind of what Romero would use later in Diary of the Dead. With like the hospital as the beginning something mm-hmm. something sequence and such, um, do you have it? I think if it was just kind of smartened up a little bit and not Michael bait up, it would have been. That, especially that beginning, it would be more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the film overall would do a lot better if it because it had the acting talent to make the film. More about the characters in the party and give them actual depth and growth. Did that and make it a much more interesting film because for the most part you don't give a shit about the characters. Even though I like Michael, I like you know I like Jake Weber. His performance in this film when at the end he's like I was bitten. It's kind. It still kind of falls flat when he's yeah. like at the end like I can't go with you. I was bitten. Where? Oh, at that one part. I can't go. You know, if they actually kind of, you know. Right, because even at that point,
0: why does he, he doesn't need to be a hero. There's no heroism about that sequence.
1: He could either get on the boat or he could not get on the boat. Yeah.
0: Neither yeah. will affect the well, ultimate
1: outcome. At the end of the day, CJ did more at the end cuz he's already dead. He just blew yeah, up, blew up you, the the yeah,
0: whole...
1: half the zombies, you know. Yeah. So it's like, you know. Yeah, his his part in
0: that of being the hero is really not even <laughs> anything, because, you know, if he gets on the yeah. boat, they're still going to get off the island or get off mainland to the island. If he doesn't get on the
1: boat, they're still getting off to the mainland. It yeah. doesn't so, matter. I think if there was more character development, it'd be better. I, like I said, I don't enjoy, especially because the fact that it's a remake of Dawn and it's done in the, it's supposed to be in a homage to the Romero films. I don't enjoy the Fast Zombies. They're way too quick. It loses any tension. Because most, as if you've watched the pre, you know, Romero's films, the tension comes from the slow inevitability of the zombies getting you in a giant horde, not these fucking Usain Bolts sprinting across the parking lot and tackling you. You know, I just, I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's lazy because it... it's makes it easier to kill off characters than to think of something more creative the action while quick it's very pedantic because it, it's always the same shit happening over and over just the zombies run at them they shoot them with shotgun shells they run away etc etc like it's cool like the first couple of times but like that's the whole film that's the whole action throughout the entire film it's just them standing their ground with shotguns in hand shoot the zombies run away Mm -hmm. It's not imaginative. This film is not that imaginative. And it hampers it. Mm. And if you're going to remake a film that's heralded and lauded as one of the best fucking horror films of all time, you better bring your A game and you better have ideas that surpass or at least come close to the original. Otherwise, you're you're fucked. Mm. And this film, especially 16 years after the fact, is fucked. Oh, five and a half. Try right. better next time.
0: I'd probably give it like a six and a half. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a fairly enjoyable film. I think it's a little long for, you know, it's an hour and 45 minute, hour and 50 minute runtime. Um, You're right. It does reuse a lot of its ideas, especially um, kills off screen that are supposed to have an emotional impact. Um, and also the the action sequences, which do repeat themselves quite a bit. Um, I think that the Fast Zombies were a way to sort of distinguish itself from the original Dawn of the Dead while re-u- reusing the um, mall aspect of it. Um, I don't like the Fast Zombies very much. I think it looks pretty cheesy now, especially watching, you know, 16 years later and having seen many other zombie films that are able to do the... The slow walking zombies with style, um, which you're right, takes some, some creativity to be able to, um, figure out how does a character succumb to a slow walking zombie? You know, what is the scenario? They're not just gonna trip and fall anymore. You have to come up with a sequence where the slow zombie and a group of them can overcome, um, you know, bullets uh-huh. and things like that. Um, where the fast zombies are frenetic, fast paced, but also lazy, in that you don't really need to have a creative situation. A fast zombie can outrun your you know your 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 human character because uh fast zombies now don't have a brain that tells them i'm tired <laughs> i'm <fatigued.">
1: I'm d- <laughs> say, yeah. I'm dead exactly, so what do I need my you know my lungs deep yeah, you know. Yeah. Woo.
0: so they don't care so they they just continue to sprint and sprint and sprint until whenever you know um i think that the film misses the drama aspect of zombie films it doesn't have a major conflict it is man versus zombie and the major conflict doesn't really come to a conclusion it um it feels like you spend an hour and 50 minutes with these characters only to get to the same point that they were in where they make bad decisions and then ultimately suffer from those consequences. It's fine for them to make bad decisions, but it feels pointless to have watched them for this long only to, you know, suffer the same fate they would have if they just stayed in the mall. It just, it it doesn't go anywhere. The characters don't find any sort of uh, growth development. So um, I, th- I think that, you know, the film is fine. I-, I can watch it. It's entertaining. But if you're looking for something more or if you're looking for it to really make a statement um, like the original Dawn of the Dead, then you're going to be, you know, disappointed with it. Um, and it's not, you know, it's obviously not the best work from James Gunn. Zack Snyder. Uh sadly, it may be his best work, um, which isn't really saying a whole lot considering, you know, where his career's gone. Um
1: Listen, I was told in college was in two thousand seven by um my next door roommate uh person saying that three hundred was the greatest film of all time and also the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. And every time I told him no it's Titanic that's the highest grossing film of all time. He would just yell, Three hundred's the best.
0: <laughs> well, I think, you know, we we definitely are seeing, you know, the two thousands were a weird beast. We accepted a lot of weird things that we don't <laughs> accept anymore. As we've gone through, we've we've watched movies from the two thousands where we kind of commented on the oddness of that time period. And I think we're seeing that as well when we look at movies that had a good track record back then, and we're kind of revisiting him and saying, "You know what? Why did we think this movie was so good? You know what? What was the uh, impetus? Yeah, what was the impetus of, of us thinking that this movie was good? Um, I think we're seeing that a little bit more, and and so revisiting Dawn of the Dead, and I haven't seen this movie in quite a while. Um, revisiting it is interesting because, you know, like I said, at fourteen, I was really into this movie as. A film I like, with violence I, and action. and I,
1: I i will admit, as a kid, because I, I didn't see it in theaters like you did, but I rented it, and I loved it. I thought, you know, as a kid, I'm like, oh, Johnny Cash. And, oh, it's, you know, so, it's so bad at badass, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a couple years later, I watched, like, the original Dawn's Dead, and I'm like, wow. Remember? You know I think you remember, because I was yeah. talking to you on the internet. I'm like, wow.
0: You kind of grow up, and you realize like... that. Nuance is a little bit better than just having explosions in your face, and I think that's the be- the biggest complaint that you could have for Dawn of the Dead is that there's really no nuance to it. There's nothing that's not presented to you in your face. Quite literally, there's a chainsaw that you know missed opportunity to have fucking Bruce Campbell
1: make a cameo. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just <laughs> just, like, missed, just an absolute missed opportunity just, to have Bruce Campbell be like a party member.
0: And and as you know, we, we talked about there's just there's no metaphor here. There's no there's no deeper meaning to it. There's you can try to see it as an extension of the Bush years and and making a commentary about that. But even so, that commentary drops off to the point where it's not saying anything.
1: It's just white noise zombies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's the same thing like the RoboCop remake. Oh, he's trying to critique Fox News. Yeah, oh, fucking exactly. Five years later, it's just it's just literally, it's
0: just, and, and and even in like that RoboCop remake too, they just present it to you yeah. as, as goofball stuff, and, and you're like, yeah, I know Fox News is stupid. Fox <laughs> News, you, you, no one watch. No one, you shouldn't watch Fox News for the news. Um, and and, and the same situation happens in this where they literally. Are spelling it out to you? Here, here's what you should feel about what we're what we're showing you. This, this is how you should feel. So, I, I do think that you know, it's just it, it could have gone more places than it does. So, what do we got next time? So, what do we got next time? Next time, we are covering. I got to look it up because I can't remember now what I, uh, I, I did a whole schedule. Mm-hmm. I did a whole schedule. And um, now I can't remember exactly what was on the schedule, but I will find out. Um, We have a pretty packed reanimated schedule for all of September and October. We are doing quite a bit of film. Um, Next time we're doing, it gets a little complicated, we're doing the film that's titled Zombie, also known as Zombie 2. Without an E, <laughs> Zombie Two or Dawn of the Dead, which obviously is confusing. In Italy, this film had been released under a ton of different titles. Um, but
1: I was confused when you put Zombie Up because I, I right. knew we talked about doing Zombie Two exactly. Yeah, so
0: so, so we're talking about the Lucio Fulci film Zombie, which in some areas was known as either zombie 2 because it was basically a sequel to dawn of the dead um but so basically zombie is the the film that we're doing um so that should be fun because the the film is great i have it in on a 4k uhd blu-ray as well from blue underground which was uh recent recently released last year i think um so we will not only will be watching this movie but we'll be watching it in great quality so we can see all of the
1: great color
0: (laughs) inherent in the original film
1: now i have never seen zombie 2 you've never seen it no interesting i know of it and kind of that backstory of it being, you know, connected to Romero. hmm
0: Fun movie. Very fun movie. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. Hey, does it have Goblin as the soundtrack? It doesn't have Goblin as a soundtrack. Then you know what But about. it does have a similar, uh, you know, synth score. Been a, about a year since I last watched it, because I... Had I wa- last watched it on Blu-ray, and then they re-released it on four K UHD Blu-ray. Um So I have
1: I haven't seen it in a little bit. I like how you got to preface that every time. Exactly. Like you're, yeah. you're that fucking bougie. I am. Yes, I got the four K UHD release. It, it 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 makes a distinction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, so next week um we'll be doing zombie, and then we have a great schedule. We can't we. Both of us came up with some really great films to cover for this reanimated.
1: I mean, if we had it our way, it would just be the mid-2000s clusterfuck of teenage years, but we we went above and beyond this time. We came up with some good stuff. We're going to do
0: some stuff that I've never seen before, like Train to Busan. That's one that's really lacking in my repertoire of films that I've seen. Uh, we're gonna do uh, Return of the Living Dead, which is a favorite of mine. Um, although I like Return of the Living Dead Part Two more, for no other reason than it's just nostalgic that I used to watch it all the time when <laughs> it was on TV. Um, we're gonna do Twenty Eight Days Later, as we talked about. Uh, we've got obviously Reanimator on the schedule because that's our entire theme, so we can't just skip that one. Uh, we got the classic white zombie with. You know, that that one I don't think you've seen. Right? No. You've never seen that one? No. Um, that one is a classic. Bella Lugosi. Very fun film. Uh, not zombies in the same sense that we're talking about right now. Uh, more like voodoo zombies. So that'll be a fun one to cover. That will kind of take us out of the same stuff that we've been watching throughout. Um and then we've also got Shaun of the Dead to to finish us out. The penultimate film of the group.
1: That's right, uh, because if you remember, if there was one film for about a good three years in high school, we quoted as a group. Yep, it was Shaun of the Dead.
0: Yep, Shaun of the Dead. will do that, uh, and we thought that it would make sense to do Shaun of the Dead as the you know the satire after we've done all of the other zombie films to, to kind of make fun of the, the, the genre that we've covered. So we've got a, a nice schedule of events uh, you can find that on our Facebook or our, on our Twitter uh, it'll tell you exactly what day we're releasing each of these films on um, anything else you want to add before we close out our first episode of the reanimated series that's all I got alright well we'll uh, we hope to see you back Throughout the Halloween season, obviously, you can find us on Facebook uh, or Twitter or on our uh, Blood and Black Rum podcast Podbean page. Any way you want to find us, you can listen to us. We're on um, iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much every single podcasting app (laughs) that you can think of, we are on. So you can find us on any of those. (laughs) OnlyFans. We don't have an OnlyFans yet. But if there's enough demand, <laughs> there's enough demand. <laughs> uh, no, but also you can find us on Patreon. If you did want to donate to us and then uh, keep the podcast running, it's patreon.com slash and black run podcast. Anything that you can donate is sincerely appreciated. Other than that, we will see you back next time for Zombie. And we hope you have a good Halloween season.
1: Take care.